Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is good to be with you for our 736th day together in God's Word, as we are in Daniel chapter 4, and I am in the Hall of Tyrannus at Reaching Africa's Unreached. And uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look at Daniel chapter 4 today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Your word is rich. It's a treasure for us. It's a gift. We thank you for it. We ask that you would write Daniel 4 on our hearts, prepare our minds to understand, prepare us to receive your word with faith, and to follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Daniel chapter 4, powerful story, one of the most powerful men in the history of the world, King Nebuchadnezzar. It's actually a letter, a decree, written by King Nebuchadnezzar. It's the form of this whole chapter here before us this morning. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders, His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at my ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid, and as I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. At last, Daniel came in before me, he who was named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too difficult for you, tell me the visions of my dream that I saw and their interpretation. The visions of my head as I lay on my bed were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong and its top reached to the heavens and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found their shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and lop off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump and its roots in the earth. Bound with a band of iron and bronze and the tender grass of the, amid the tender grass of the field, let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, 
and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw, and you, O Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream be for those who hate you, and its interpretation for your enemies. The dream you saw, which grew and became strong so that its top reached to the heavens, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens lived. It is you, O king." who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reaches to heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king, that you should be driven from among men and your dwelling be with the beasts of the earth. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven and seven periods of time shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, and the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power, as a royal residence, and for the glory of my majesty. While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately, the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. 
All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Daniel chapter 4 records for us one of the most remarkable incidents in the lives of one of the most remarkable men who's ever lived in the history of the world. Nebuchadnezzar is one of the great conquerors in the history of the world. He built a large empire. It was actually the resurrection of the old Babylonian empire. Historians call it the Neo-Babylonian empire, and it's the second true empire in world history after the Assyrian empire. And Nebuchadnezzar built the Babylonian Empire, the Neo-Babylonian Empire, by conquering the Assyrian Empire. And he became great. He conquered Jerusalem, which the Assyrians were never able to do. And he brought Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as captives to Babylon. There were many, many others who were brought as captives. Eventually, all of Jerusalem and Judea would be deported. um, And they would be brought to Babylon. And later... Ezra and Nehemiah tells the story of their restoration to the promised land. But here, Daniel is in exile, and he's serving in the royal court of the most powerful man on earth. And this most powerful man on earth has had a very, very troubling dream. Now, this dream, on the surface of it, when you hear Nebuchadnezzar tell it, it seems pretty easy to understand the message that he's being sent by God. Earlier in Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he didn't even tell his advisors what the dream was. He told them, you have to tell me what the dream was, and then you have to interpret it. And even after the dream was known, this statue of four parts, the meaning of it was not really that obvious. But this one seems rather clear and rather obvious. I personally suspect that the reason why the other wise men, enchanters, and magicians did not want to say anything to King Nebuchadnezzar is because they were afraid of him. They feared man instead of God. They didn't want to be the bearer of bad news because sometimes when you're dealing with very powerful people, if you're the ones to bring them news they don't want to hear, it could cost you your life. Even Daniel, when he gives the faithful interpretation to Nebuchadnezzar, confirming, I think, what Nebuchadnezzar already suspected in his mind, that this was a dire warning from the Most High God. When Daniel gives him the interpretation, he prefaces it with, may this dream be of your enemies and not of you. But then he goes on to say, it's of you. And this dream is really a lesson in humility and in sovereignty. You see, Nebuchadnezzar was proud because Nebuchadnezzar believed that he was sovereign. To be sovereign means that you rule. Sovereignty is the right and the power and the authority to rule. And really, there can only be one ultimate sovereign. The sovereign over the affairs of men was not Nebuchadnezzar. The sovereign over the affairs of men today is not the United Nations or President Biden or the G7 powers, nor is it any other sort of secret group of people that might meet together. Uh, It is the Lord God Almighty. 
The Lord God Almighty is the Most High God. His kingdom alone is an everlasting kingdom. He reigns in heaven and on earth and among the kingdoms of men. And that is really the big lesson of Daniel 4. And it's also a lesson that if we get puffed up with pride, you know, the Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And here we have a great example of that. Nebuchadnezzar had pride. He had a haughty spirit. Even after he was warned, so vividly and so troublingly by God. Within a year's time, he had forgotten the message and he had stood on the roof of his palace and he had motioned and he had said, is not this the great Babylon that I have built by my mighty power and for my majesty and for the glory of my name? So he thought it was by his power and he thought it was for his majesty and the glory of his name, directly challenging the most high God. In other words, saying to God, it was not by your power and it was not for your majesty or the glory of your name, but for mine. He's putting himself in the place of God. This has always been the human condition from the very beginning. Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden because they wanted to have the place of God. They wanted to take his place. They wanted to usurp his authority. They wanted the sovereignty to determine good and evil, what is right and wrong for them to do. People still do this today. In America, we proclaim the people to be the sovereign. And our Constitution opens with we, the people of the United States. And we like to think of ourselves as being in charge. And that's why a lot of Christians in America have adopted a version of Christianity that's very man-centered, very self-centered. It's all about me and my happiness and getting what I want and how I can have a better life and how I can be more successful. Because we believe that we are the sovereign and that certainly our faith should serve us instead of we serving God and his purposes and his glory and the majesty of his name. So we need to take the lesson from King Nebuchadnezzar and we need to be humble and we need to confess what Nebuchadnezzar confesses at the end of this. This is one of the most remarkable decrees to ever go out from a world ruler. Think about this. This is the most powerful man on the face of the earth. And this whole chapter is written by him as a decree that he sends out to all the far ends of his domain, to all peoples and languages in the whole of his dominion. And this is what he says about God. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? This is the true confession of faith of a man who's been humbled, of a man who's been brought to see the truth. And it's something that we need to remember when we think that we're in charge of our own lives, that we make our own plans and we make our own way prosper. When we give in to the, the, the lie of the American dream of the self-made man, there is no such thing. God is sovereign. God rules over all things. We need to be humble. And if he blesses us, we need to give him thanks. And if he sends us trials, we need to trust him through them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the sovereign one. We are not. We are your servants. We are your creatures. We are made in your image. We bear the hope of Christ and we bear the calling of being children of God, but we are not God. And we need to remember that every day of our lives. Help us to remember that and help us to live that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Well, thanks for joining me here for Daniel chapter 4. Tomorrow we're going to be back in the book of Isaiah. I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.